Good evening, all. Hello. I'm seeing some waves. There we are. Hello. Hello. Hey, aren't you glad that Jesus is at the center of his people? Did you know that where two or three or more are gathered, he is there in our midst? Jesus is here with us this evening. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Shannon. Uh, I'm one of the the campus pastors here with CCF, and all that means is that I'm at your service, and it is a delight and a joy um, to get to gather with you on Fridays and wherever else we might meet on campus. Um, I would like to add my welcome to parents, to family members, to guests who are here with us tonight. Thank you so much for trekking in from wherever home is. Um, Our hope is that you would feel a little piece of home with us here tonight. Um, And a very special shout out welcome to Ryan and Michelle Heathers, um, who are here with us this evening. They are significant supporters of all that we do. Michelle is a Western CCF alumni. She did everything. She was a core leader. She was an intern. And now she gives, along with her husband and their family, so this mission can continue to go forward. Thank you so much. Welcome. Welcome back. Michelle, welcome home. We're glad you guys are here. Yeah. So we have been in a, in a series this quarter called The Way of Jesus. And we can't, at least I can't, I'm an image person. The image that immediately jumps to mind when I think of the way is the image of a road. Does anybody else, anybody that pop into your head, like the way of Jesus, the road? Yes, great. Not the only one. The way of Jesus is like a road, not a set of rules. Can I get a hallelujah? Yes, thank you, Lord, that your way is not rules, but it's a road. Following Jesus along his way is a journey, and it's an adventure. And we started with our our series, at least. For us, the road began at Beloved. When God looks at each of us and he says, you are my son, you are my daughter, And I am so pleased with you. I'm so fond of you. You belong to me. So that's where our road begins. And last week, our road continued. Hallelujah. Beloved to forgiven. Forgiven. And tonight, the way of Jesus leads us along the way of community. Jesus leads us into a people. God's people, a family. We were never meant to follow the way of Jesus alone. Now, if I could, I'm going to rewind my life about 18 years. um, And I'm going to share a story with you um, about my um, journey into community. I distinctly remember this moment. I was um, probably a freshman in college, way over yonder in Nebraska. And I distinctly remember telling God, God, I got this. I can follow you all by myself. I don't need anybody. It can just be you and me. 
Has anybody had that hidden silent thought before? Just one raising their hand. Thank you, Abby, for being real. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I got this. I told the Lord. I'd grown up in a lot of different churches, but I never felt like I was really a part of a community. Church was just a place to go to a service once a week. Then a day came that changed my life forever. This was a summer day between my freshman year and my sophomore year of college. I'd been invited by a friend to check out his uh, family's church in, in my university town, and it was my second Sunday there. I was intrigued enough the first time to come back to the second. And all of a sudden, like maybe during the welcome greeting time of the service, my friend, who is now a dear friend and like a grandma to me, Harlan, you can see her picture, Harlan and her husband, Bob. So Harlan comes up to me and with her glowing, beautiful, wise, grandmotherly smile. And she says, hi, Shannon. And I said, who are you? Hi. She's like, hey, my name is Harlan, and I've been hearing a lot about you. And I'm like, what is going on in this church? I've been here twice. And she knows my name, and she knows things about me. And I said, okay, um, well, nice to meet you. And she says, hey, um, I want to invite you to come to my small group tomorrow. And I said, um, no, thanks. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, remember God, remember I said I got this. I don't need nobody to follow you. I can do this by myself. So I said no. And she looked at me with those very knowing, wise eyes. And she said, okay. And she went and she sat back down. And the whole rest of the service, it was like one of the first times that I sensed God speaking to me. And he, he, was, he was just, it wasn't words in my mind. It wasn't like audible voice or anything. But I could feel a pressure in my soul. And it was just like, you got to say yes. You got to go to this small group. And I was like, no, I can do this by myself. So this whole time was a big argument between me and God. Well, guess who won the argument? The Lord. And so at the end of the service, I found Harlan. And I was like, Harlan, actually, if it's okay with you, like, I would really, I would actually really like to come to small group. And she said, great. It's at this time and this place. And we can't wait to see you. Um, and so I went the next day and what I, what I experienced at this small group, it was like, it wasn't small. It was like a large house church. There was like 20 to 30 people gathered at Bob and Harlan's house. And it was like, wow, this is like a church in some countries. And this isn't small at all. She said small group, but it's like a church and whoa, but there were, there were men and women and people from all different generations and all different walks of life. And, and they gathered around this guy named Jesus. And we dove into scripture and we discussed um, the word together. And I learned in this small group how to engage with scripture. I learned how to pray And I learned that following Jesus was meant to be a journey that is shared with others. So what changed for me that day is this. I went from, Lord, I can and I will 
do this by myself to learning to follow him with others. Bob and Harlan's small group wasn't the only one I was a part of that year. Her invitation opened a much broader door into community for me. Once school started, I dove headlong into the Chi Alpha community on my campus, which if you haven't heard of Chi Alpha, it's like a CCF-like community, only elsewhere. And so this was a Chi Alpha community on my campus, um, and I, I, I went to their large group meetings, um, which was smaller than my small group at Harlands, because that was like a big church. Um, so I went to this, these community gatherings, and I got involved in a small group so that I could learn what it looked like to follow Jesus with my peers. And it all began with an invitation, a simple invitation to a small group. And more importantly, it began with an invitation to belong. So many times I've heard the stories of CCF students over the years say that the way of community began for them with a CCFer showing up at their door with a plate of cookies or with a socket wrench or with a smile and a really awkward hello. Remember, that was Jeff's experience, right? Andy, like, hi. Awkward. How many of you would say that your journey to community and college began in, in like that? That someone came to your door or met you your first day? Yeah, a bunch of us. Tonight, um, we're going to take a look at the community of early believers for clues as to the kind of community that Jesus is still up to creating in his people today. The kind of community that he's building and desires to build among us in this little patch of his family. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay because it's up up on the screen for you. Could I get somebody to just stand up right where you're sitting and just read out loud, just read it loud, as Brady would say, like a prophet. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. 42 to 47, you got it. Flavor works too, that's fine. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. God's people definitely has a flavor. (laughs) So what I'm going to do for this next little bit... um, is I've, I've found some things about this passage to be quite inspiring. And so I'm going to share with you some of the things that I think um, are inspiring about this um, little ragtag bunch, probably not so little, um, this early group of believers. 
Um, the first thing that strikes me as inspiring when I read this, um, read this text is that, sorry, I catch my breath, is that um, somehow they managed to create a sense of community and family and belonging with hundreds, like maybe even a couple of thousand. Um, and so if you, if you know the story, you kind of have to back up just a touch into Acts chapter 1. And so Jesus has gone um, into, into heaven and he's told his disciples to wait for the gift that his father had promised, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in chapter 1, we find the disciples, um, which number, we're told, um, at about 120 So there are 120 people waiting and praying and worshiping the Lord together. And they have really no idea what they're waiting for. But suddenly, the Holy Spirit whooshes through the room like a mighty wind. And little tongues of fire show up over the heads of the believers. And suddenly, miraculously, they're enabled to speak in other languages that they've never learned. I don't know if you've tried to learn another language, but it's hard. And, and, and suddenly, the, the, the disciples were praising God in languages that the Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in. And it was crazy. And so, somehow, this was a very public spectacle because a whole crowd shows up around them. And Peter realizes that some explanation is needed because he stands up among the gathered and he begins to preach and he begins to share with them how Jesus is the way. And leading up, I mean, he's, he, it's quite a lengthy sermon. At least we're given parts of it. Um, and so when we arrive at verse 41 in chapter two, we find that there were some folks who accepted his message. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number. Can you imagine 3,000 students coming to Jesus in one day? That would be awesome. We could not fit in this room because it only holds like 400. Huge number of people. Somehow they managed to create a sense of community among hundreds. I think that's pretty inspiring. Another inspiring thing that I pick up from these verses is that this was a very diverse community in a number of different ways. It was multi-ethnic, multicultural, which we can see Because from the gathered crowd that Peter stands up to speak to, it's like people are there in Jerusalem from everywhere in the known world. And 3,000 of them commit to following Jesus in that day. So we know that there were people from a lot of different backgrounds gathered into this community. There were men and women there was diversity in their, in, their, in their socioeconomic status. There were masters and slaves and poor and rich. Astonishing for people like that with different economic backgrounds and stations to gather in community together.
many, many differences, but everyone and anyone were welcome. And the commonality among them was Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. He was the unifying agent. And it was his power by his spirit that created and nurtured and sustained this community. And he has done the same with us. And this diverse group of people, it was so different from how people usually behave in group scenarios. We tend to stick with people who are like us, who share our interests, people in the same socioeconomic class, people that share the same culture and the mindsets that we have. It's just kind of human nature. But God is doing something different with his people. He's gathering a different kind of people, building a different kind of community than what's just normal. Gathering around Jesus with our differences is so beautiful and it's so intriguing and it's so peculiar. And it's so inviting. Another thing that I noticed about this community is that they met together often, like daily. They didn't just meet once a week. They met at the temple or their place of worship. And they met in each other's homes. The big group meeting in the temple and the smaller groups meeting in their homes. It was as if there was nowhere else they wanted to be but with each other. Another inspiring thing that I note about this community is their countercultural, astonishing generosity. None. We're told, Luke tells us that nobody had a need anywhere. These, this group of early believers, they treasured each other, not their possessions. And we're told in these verses that selling their property, their possessions, was a way to help those among them in need. And friends, it was a huge deal for Jews to sell off their property. It's not like today where you have a piece of land, you're like, well, I need money for this thing, so I'm going to sell this land to this person, you know, the transaction between here's the paperwork and here's the money, and okay, moving on with, with their life. But for these folks, these first century Jews who just given their allegiance to Jesus, selling off their land meant selling off an inheritance that was passed down through their families for generations. Some could even be traced back perhaps to to um, to the people of Israel because God had promised them an inheritance. All the way back to Abraham, he said, I will make you a great nation and I will bring your people back into this land. 
And he told the people who've been wandering in the wilderness, this land before you, it's yours. And they split it up into inheritances. So for, for um, a Jewish person to sell off a piece of their land, it was giving away an inheritance that their family had had for generations. They treasured each other more than their things, more than their property, more than their inheritance, because they'd caught a glimpse of a greater inheritance to come. Did you know that the CCF community is modeled after what we see in these verses? Did you know that? Maybe. Okay, let me show you how. Okay. I gotta get a drink of water. Everybody can just like take a breath, maybe take some water. Okay, stand by. Okay, come on back. So here's how our CCF community is modeled after the early believers. We meet together so often. We meet together as a large community on Friday nights. That sounds like just what the early believers were doing in the temple courts. And we meet together in our small groups called cores that meet every week. That's like the early believers meeting in their homes in smaller groups. We meet together in one-on-ones. Yeah, we do. If you haven't had a one-on-one yet with a Corfa, you can. Just tell them, hey, it's time for a one-on-one. Where are you at? Mm -hmm. And we also, have you heard, we also retreat together. Hashtag go to fall retreat. So we meet together regularly. We also engage with scripture. That's why there's always a scripture study portion in our small group times. Have you noticed that we do that? We dive into scripture together one way or another every time we meet. There's a message during our Friday night gatherings. It gets us into God's word. We study scripture together in our one-on-ones. If you're not studying scripture together with your core leader, be like, hey, where are we at? Where's the scripture? And they'll be like, yes, my bad, I'm on it. That's why we have classes like the Sex, Gender, and Jesus class this fall. Because it brings us into the biblical worldview on things that matter for our lives here and now. That's why we encourage everyone. You might be so tired of hearing it. Read the Bible. What's so striking to me about this community is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Scripture was entrusted to the apostles. They spent time with the people in their community explaining how the Old Testament pointed to Jesus, explaining the teachings that had been entrusted to them. Friends, we're entrusted with this too. This isn't a dead book. It's alive. Paul says in one of his letters, I can't remember off the top of my head, hey, this, this scripture is living and active, useful for teaching, instructing, and wisdom and righteousness. If you haven't experienced God speaking to you through the Bible, man, you, you, gotta, you gotta get in the word because it's amazing. It'll change your life.
We also pray together often. Prayer is like just talking to God. It's just a conversation. It's just a a, a time when we get to lift our cares and our concerns to our Father who loves us. And we get to do it together. In our cores, on Friday nights, and one-on-ones, wherever we find ourselves. Because when we pray, our loving Father hears us. And somehow, mysteriously, when we pray, he does stuff. So never miss an opportunity to pray for someone. Yeah, that's one of our axioms. I worked it right in there. Never miss an opportunity to pray for someone. Because God moves through our prayers. Another thing we do is a community. We share our lives with each other. And this requires vulnerability. Ooh. Some of you got really vulnerable with each other last week in your course because you talked about sin. Way to go. We get to share our joys and our challenges and our struggles and, yes, even our sins with each other. Because James tells us, hey, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you can be healed. We get to adventure together. We get to experience God together. Hashtag go to fall retreat. We, this is also why we encourage generosity. It's why we take up an offering on Friday nights, not because we want your money, but because this was a mark of the early believers. It was a, a sign that God was working amongst his people. It was a miraculous thing that he would move so deeply in these people's hearts that they would give everything away to meet a need for another. It's sharing guest meals in the dining halls with your Corfas who live off campus. It's noticing each other's needs and offering to help them. A real and present need might be right now that some people in your court need help going fall retreat. Put some money toward in the bucket and get your friends to fall retreat. It's a way to express the generosity of God who's been so generous with us. I've said a lot of things, but I want to, so I want to pause here and just give us a, just a minute, a second to reflect. I've talked a lot of thi- about a lot of things about how the early believers are inspiring and about how we've modeled our CCF community after this early community of believers. And so ponder just for a second on this question. How have you experienced this kind of community during your time with CCF? And if you haven't been here long, how would you like to experience this kind of community? As I was pondering and preparing and praying for tonight, I got a sense that the Lord had just three specific things that he wanted to encourage us in as we walk in the way of community together this year. Our first encouragement, I think, from the Lord tonight is to come expectant. Come expectant. And specifically, come expectant into God's word. When you come to core each week, 
and you know that there's going to be a time where you study scripture together, come expectant that God will speak, that he'll maybe speak through you, and that maybe he'll speak to you from someone else. Come expectant. When you come to Friday night fellowship, and you know there's going to be a message because there is every week, almost every week, mostly every week. Do you come expectant to hear from God? In your one-on-ones, do you expect to hear from God when you dive into scripture together? When you personally read the Bible, do you come to that time expectant? One of the things that you can try this week, even if you just crack the Bible one time by yourself, can, can, can you just can you try this this week? Just say, God, you can even tell him, God, this is really confusing, and I don't understand a lot of things in this book. But God, would you speak to me as I read your word right now in the time that I have? Would you try that and see what happens? God is a speaking God, and he longs to speak to us often. And most often, he speaks to us through his word. So come expectant to God's word whenever, wherever it's opened. Second thing I sense the Lord encouraging us into is to come to participate. Come to participate. Come to give and to share. To give and to share your time and your life words of encouragement, your thoughts, your opinions, your prayers. Come and share your culture with your community. Come and share your resources. Yeah, your money. Come and share your gifts and your talents. When you come to community wherever you go, come to welcome not to be welcomed. Come to welcome those who are different from you. If you enjoy singing to the Lord in different musical styles than you hear on a Friday night, bring those to the worship team. And better yet, if you have some musical talents to go along with that, join the worship team. I think some of you needed to hear that tonight. Some of we just need to be free to bring our differences to the table. Maybe you're used to praying in different ways in community. And the ways that you pray in your gathered times at CCF are just like, that's just boring. Liven it up a little bit. Share the ways you pray. Join your core leaders in planning prayer times in your core. Because we can't experience each other's differences. We can't experience what makes us unique or be enriched by them if we don't bring them to the table to share. Come to participate. And finally, come to know and be known. To know God and to know others. To be known by God. Did you know that he already knows you? He knows what's going on in your life, but he just wants to hear you tell him in your own voice. So come to be known by God and come to be known by others. It takes a willingness to be vulnerable with God and with each other 
to open up our lives. To know each other's needs is to have a chance to meet them. There might be a ton of needs in our community, but if we don't know each other, know what these needs are, how can we offer our resources to help meet them? And I am convinced that if everybody comes to community to give, everyone will receive. So another pause. Which of these, expectant, participate, know and be known, is God inviting you to press into in greater measure this year? Which of those three? It could be all of them. Is he inviting you to press into in greater measure this year? In conclusion, to recap tonight, following the way of Jesus includes experiencing his way of community. A community where he is at the center of our differences, the unifying force of his people. A community of people who are devoted to knowing him and making him known. A community that gathers together often and shares generously with each other so that every need is met. It's about being a community full of people who come expectant to meet with God, to hear from him, to participate and to know and be known. For some of us tonight, um, this is a call to commit to following Jesus' way of community by being involved here in CCF, to be involved, to put down roots, to participate. Not just attending, but engaging. For others of us, we've been a part of this community for one, two, three, four, five, ten years because the staff have never left. This call is for each of those of us, too, to go deeper, not just to attend, but to participate and help others grow, too. Because, dear friends, we, each of us, we build the kind of community that we want to experience. And we can't expect someone else to build it for us. Expect, participate, know, and be known. And if we all commit to these things, needs will get met, rich and abundant life will be shared, and Jesus will be found by those who don't yet know him. We might not be ready to receive 3,000 people a day, but you know, I bet we could maybe receive two or three into our cores every week. Because they gaze into your community gathered and they say, that's a really interesting bunch of people. But they love each other so well. I think I want to be a part of that. And the Lord will add to our number those who are being saved. Worship team, you all can come back up. If you wouldn't mind playing softly in the background as I... Move us into our response time. Here's how we're going to respond tonight. Um, I'm going to give you some time to reflect. Um, and you're, you're going to reflect and kind of fill in the blank of one of these two questions. 
reflect on how you've already experienced Jesus' way of community. So you can, you can fill in the sentence, I've experienced Jesus' way of community by, finish the sentence. Or, I want to experience Jesus' way of community by, fill in the blank. Finish the sentence. So for example, remembering back to my story about Harlan's invitation to me, um, to her small group, I could say, I've experienced Jesus's way of community by receiving an invitation to belong. Short, sweet, and to the point. And after a couple minutes pass, I'm going to then invite you up to share in the mic how you finished that sentence. Don't tell us the backstory. Just finish the sentence so that a number of us can share. Okay? So I'm going to give us just a couple minutes to reflect, fill in the blank to one of those two questions, um, and then I'll, then I'll um, call us back for the next part in a moment. Okay, would anybody like to start us off? Feel free to come on up and share in the mic how you finished that sentence. Again, I experienced Jesus' way of community by receiving an invitation to belong. How about you? Yeah, come on up. Everybody say hi to Jasmine. Um, I received a place to call a family when mine was broken up in a bit. Thank you. Experienced a family when mine was broken up a bit. Who else? Yeah, come on up, Caleb. I experienced Jesus' way of community here uh, by always having someone to pray with me. Thank you. Yeah, Anna, come on up. This is really great, by the way. This is like good stuff, celebration stuff. Thank you, Lord. I have experienced Jesus' way of community by being unconditionally loved and invited. I have experienced Jesus' way of community by having fellow followers of Christ want to listen about my walk with Christ and uh, the difficulties along the way. Amen. Thanks. Would anybody like to share how they would like to experience Jesus' way of community? Yeah, Maya. I want to experience some time with Jesus by devoting more time with him one-on-one and actually opening scripture and reading and learning and getting together with my core folks so I can learn more about him through scripture. Amen. Devoting yourself to the word. Amen. Anybody else? I think it's safe to say 
that the ways that we've experienced Jesus's way of community has its roots all the way back to the first believers. And his spirit is faithful to create and nurture and sustain his way of community wherever his people gather. Because where two or more are gathered, there he is in their midst. If you didn't get a chance to share, um, I just would encourage you, core leaders, to plan some time in your next in your next core this week to give some space to share how you've experienced Jesus's way of community or how you would like to experience his way of community. Because when we share with each other the ways that we want to experience his way of community, that that helps us. Um, it helps us know, like, okay, so now I have something to work with. We can do something about that. We can help our brother or sister experience Jesus' way of community according to the desire of their heart, birthed by the Spirit of God who lives within them. So I'm going to pray, um, and then we're going to sing a song. Jesus, I'm reminded of uh, when you called your first batch of disciples, um, how you called them to yourself. You said, come and follow me and I will make you into something that you're not. And then you gathered them into a small group. You gathered them into community and you showed them the way of community and Lord, you show us the way, your way of community even still today. God, may we be a community by the power of your spirit at work in us that seeks to shed our selfish ways, our self-ambitious ways. You seek to shed our fears and our insecurities. And there's something beautiful that you invite us into. God, would you do something amazing in our community this year? as we come to expect you to speak to us, as we come to participate, and as we come to know and be known, um, to know you, be known by you, and to know and be known by others. We love you, and we sing to you. In your name we pray, amen.